Welcome to our sixth episode of Triple C. Today we're going to be talking about not one singular piece of media, but instead looking at patterns in the storytelling of Western comics and Japanese manga. The two have essentially always been influenced by each other, but they remain curiously non-interchangeable even when translated. This discussion will start to lead into a sort of instruction manual for combining the best parts of both into a comic or graphic novel. Most people's experiences with comics these days starts with newspaper classics like Garfield and Pearls Before Swine and ends with the Marvel superhero movies that hardly feel like adaptations anymore. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. Comics are a strange medium these days, sitting in between the medium of novels, which feels more like a space relegated for movie adaptation planning these days, and animation, which gets the benefits of sound, motion, and easier consumption in certain ways. There's not much to pull you in to comics unless you grew up with them, like I did. I mean, why read a comic if you can get similar stories out of a show that doesn't require you to turn pages and fill in the blanks between every panel? Manga exists on a sort of pipeline system where the very best stories, directly ranked by their audiences, can be adapted into animated series, even before their creators know how the story will end. You'd think this might put manga into a sort of restricted space where it remains a niche medium that is mainly just repurposed for TV. And in some ways, that is true, in part because both mediums don't have completely shared audiences. Some people will consume either anime or manga, and others will consume both. Usually, though, when people pick one medium, they'll be pretty adamant about arguing for its supremacy over the other. Some people would argue that this sequential art pipeline ruins the beginning medium, comics in this case. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World sort of revolutionized the relationship between comics and movies, and to this day remains the biggest name in Western comic-derived movies that aren't about superheroes. But since that movie, not many other examples have been made. In fact, I can't really think of any near that scale. So a win for manga there. There's hardly any big-name manga that haven't gotten the animated treatment. If the story in a manga is successful, its publisher will find a studio to put its style into animated form, and if its animated form does well, a movie or two is sure to follow. In fact, a lot of anime will start developing its own story independent from the manga, as production times may cause an unfinished manga to lag behind the progress of its own show. And this can sometimes present problems, even. Spoilers can reach the manga fans as the show leaks more recent developments in the story, or vice versa. Attack on Titan, while also just being an amazing piece of media, is a recent example of this. At times, the show was ahead of the manga in the story, but now in the final season, the manga's finished while the show creeps towards its final episode. Fan communities for the series are often partitioned between the fans reading the manga and those watching the show, so that spoiler contamination is kept to a minimum. The relationship between sequential graphic art and motion or time-based storytelling 
is there to stay. It can't really be undone, nor is there really a reason to. However, movies and the expectations made that a comic is only successful if it makes it to the screen are not really beneficial to either medium. Each medium deserves an independent position in culture. The storytelling differences in manga and western comics are numerous, and range from subtle language use norms to panel design and sequencing. The biggest differences lie in the relationship of dialogue use to panel transitions. Western comic books rarely change panel sizes and shape to explain scale, intensity, contrast, internal monologues, etc. They also rely on keeping the majority of dialogue in their own given panels, and action action sequences, that is, usually get their own panels. In contrast, manga uses its panels like a movie uses different camera angles and shot styles to establish mood. The shape of a panel border can influence entire emotional sequences. Dialogue is usually more spread out across the pages and less densely placed. This isn't to say that Western comics don't do these things from time to time, but undoubtedly there are noticeable differences when looking at examples of either. Besides, of course, the whole reading from right to left thing in manga. It's not really useful to say whether manga as a whole is better or worse than Western comics. Both of the cultures are relatively healthy around these mediums. It's just hard to compare. What is useful to compare, however, is which medium is getting taken more seriously in its own culture. While there's definitely some over-exaggeration here in the West that manga gets treated as high art in Japan, it's certainly taken more seriously there than comics are taken here in the U.S. Part of this can be blamed on the histories of both, but I see it in the ways that we are exposed to comics here. I grew up on the Archie-published Sonic comics, which were often strangely written hard to enjoy without a potent suspension of disbelief and acceptance of immature story tropes, not to mention just being culturally isolated. I'll have to do an entire episode on the Sonic comics eventually. But all of that to say, nobody's going to read those comics ever unless they have a pre-existing interest in the characters being licensed. Comics in the West are treated as a medium relegated for kids and maybe preteens at the oldest. If you spend any time reading comics today, you'd know this couldn't be further from the truth. Sure, the big names heavily utilize whimsy, goofiness, bright colors, and soft round character designs. Storylines are usually near non-existent or just based around the hero's journey basics. America doesn't seem to want to acknowledge its grungier, darker comics unless they are being adapted into movies. And as you may have noticed in a few of the other episodes so far, the West certainly has its fair share of dark comics. There's of course superheroes like The Punisher, Moon Knight, The Watchman, The Crow, Preacher, Jack Reacher, Deadpool, and they all contrast against the bright costumes of the Marvel and DC mainstays. Comics like Megan Mog, Hellboy, Diver, etc. are all dark and gritty and stretch beyond the hero's journey in different degrees, and sometimes completely. Comics as a medium is not the monolithic superhero fountain that the biggest names in the medium make it out to be.
comics can be designed for adults. Oftentimes they are exclusively designed for some pretty narrow age ranges. Manga series, on the other hand, either aim at the youngest kids or everyone else. Manga actually excels at reaching a lot of ages at once, often by combining younger protagonists with layered and complex storylines that carry most of their emotional weight in the subtext. This may be a big component in why manga is more successful as a medium in Japan than comics are here, since there's just a lot of differences in how the West assesses the intelligence and perspectives of younger audiences. Take, for example, the Full Metal Alchemist series. Instead of dumbing down its gothic aesthetics, its morbid character motivations, and complex political structuring, it provides value for its younger audiences by just being cool consistently. Flashy animation sequences, plentiful comedic relief, and a grandiose scale all make a fun watch through regardless of how much you can follow the more complex aspects of the story. Age representation is an important aspect to the success of a medium. Comics are strange since most other mediums seem like they don't need to take age into consideration too often. There's just movies for every age naturally, same with music. But if you start to think about the other mediums out there, things like fine painting stand out since there's never really any fine artwork, high artwork designed for kids. Comics are unique, but not alone in this. Story-wise, there isn't as much difference between the two comics markets as it may seem. Manga seems infinitely formulaic and cordoned off by repetitious tropes, but it's hard to say whether it is comparatively true or just a sensation that we have as Westerners because we don't notice our own tropes. Manga and anime are also pretty starkly defined by long-form stories that go back and forth between slice-of-life episodes and intense moving story developments that feel like tectonic plates giving way. Manga loves tension building more than any American medium, and toying with ex expectations and creating stories built around the most interesting scenarios and plot twists that the creators can think up. I've actually seen a pattern here in the West where it seems like people come to adult Western comics through consuming manga and anime. The Japanese sequential art market sucks people in with more mature themes, more interesting stories, and more exciting characters. After getting used to the culture around the medium and learning the tropes, they come back to Western comics and start adding adult comics to their media rotation. This is what happened to me as well. As much as anime can be filled with childish jokes and some very uncomfortable moments at times, it carries a higher respect for sequential art than I would say the likes of Ren and Stimpy ever did. Not to knock Ren and Stimpy. Sometimes it just takes seeing an artist treat a medium maturely or carefully in order to see the medium for what it is and what it's capable of. And that's not to say either that comics or manga need to be mature. No media needs maturity to be legitimized. Dark themes and gritty characters aren't the only metric for a good story, of course. 
neither medium has an issue with being stuck in one tone either. There's plenty of stories in anime that are purely comedic or romance-based, or just adventures that don't have some morbid twist. Adult comics in the West, too, are not all gross slapstick and depressing edge. There's a lot of bright stories that are just better suited to older audiences. I don't know which market I like more, East or West. Manga and anime have incredibly big headliners that develop their stories in incredibly complex ways, with plot twists and side plot twists. Western comics, on the other hand, clearly understand modern life in raw detail that can only be found elsewhere in deep conversations with close friends. Regardless of which cultural application of the medium you may prefer, the thought experiment of which is better opens up a lot of questions about the concept of a medium itself. How can a medium be so fundamentally changed by a few stylistic choices shared by a given culture's artists? Very easily, apparently. Without being in the right headspace, picking up and reading a manga for the first time can feel very confusing and nothing at all like the comics we know here. Being an artist or writer, thinking about your medium of choice might be a rather infrequent exercise. Your skills may naturally suit one medium better than any other, or the path you took to become an artist may have led to you to one randomly. Comics are an amazing medium if you want to be in control of every aspect of the work without needing to boss around a team and worry about their abilities to manifest your vision. But it's also a pretty invisible space for most media consumers. While music is the most nearly universally shared medium, comics are on the opposite end in a much smaller slice of the global media diet. And that's fine. The art within the medium is the only thing that can really be objectively measured or assessed. And while mediums can't really be compared to each other, everyone's still entitled to their tastes. I have friends who exclusively consume comics, of course music, and maybe an occasional book. And then I have other friends who can't stand comics and hate having to imagine the imagery in the text of, the, of a book or between the panels in a comic. I fortunately fall somewhere in between, which, again, thankfully, lets me appreciate most mediums. I do still think comics are underserved in the States. They are often relegated to being a quirky media choice that only a few people have on the side of their more normal tastes. I think that that's a sad assumption to make, or generalization, I guess as there's so much said in comics out there that isn't really said anywhere else. Also, just sty stylistically, there's just so much fun to be had. There's a also a lot of power in empty space, which the best comics always make incredibly good use of. A concept I've found to be true about making art, literally any art, is that limitations make creativity happen. Certain limitations can facilitate a more fun and enjoyable end result, as well as a more enjoyable process in the first place. Comics provide quite a few limitations. In my own time spent making comics, 
I think that I found myself enjoying the process so much because it feels like freehand sketching an entire show or a movie. All of the fun of building a story is there, but none of the hard work and layers of production. It's not easy, of course, to make comics, but it's just a good medium. It's efficient. There's a efficiency in how you are able to get character and story ideas out of your head and straight to paper. For me, there's not a lot of pain involved in drawing a box and putting an event or part of one into it. Drawing in sequence, in some ways, feels even easier than drawing still images, standalone pieces. At the end of the day, comics is just one of the best mediums to be in as an artist for all of these reasons. the first of many spiels I will end up giving about comics. It's a medium that I have a soft spot for, but obviously wish it was better understood and appreciated here in the States. I can probably do an entire episode on how I feel newspaper comics need to evolve. I'll do that soon. That'll come up. But in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about street art, graffiti, and the story behind putting art into public spaces without permission. It'll be an interesting one, and I've got a fun list of relevant movies and shows to analyze the concept from. Anyways, thank you all for listening. <laughs>